This podcast is brought to you by Lacrosse All Stars, growing the game one podcast at a time. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Outside the Eight. I'm really, really excited about this episode, and I'm going to tell you why. This episode, we dive in to something that I had no idea about, and that is the native game, the sport of lacrosse, and what it means for women in the native culture. I did not know anything. So, I talked to my dear friend, Trenna Hill, who played at Syracuse. She is Native American. She grew up um, on Onondaga Reservation. She has a great story, and she drops a ton of knowledge about the medicine game, what it means to be a Native woman playing lacrosse, which, spoiler alert, they are not supposed to do. She has been through a lot as far as her lacrosse journey and she's shared it with us and I think it's really important because this is the type of story that I actually wasn't expecting. Trenna is extremely spirited, she's extremely fun and she has a just a really kind of powerful energy about her and when we got to talking about her experience growing up and playing lacrosse and the kind of hardship she dealt with through that, my mind was blown. I think I said the word wow about 700 times in this episode. Um, so I apologize in advance for that. Uh, but there's just some really good stuff. Secondly, this is a two-parter. I'm splitting this episode up because my intro is going to be a little longer. My outro is going to include some stuff. And then we're going to continue with Trenna's story next week because we talked for a long time. I don't want to, you know, give it all away at once. I wanted to kind of break it up. So I apologize in advance for the fact that you have to wait till next week to hear the rest of her episode. But this stuff is good. And I think you'll be engaged and inclined to keep listening um, for her next episode next week. Anyways. Thank you for listening. Thanks for being here. And I hope you learned something this episode because there was a lot of information about um, the Native American culture, growing up on Indaga, growing up in the Iroquois Nations, um, just stuff that, growing up in upstate New York, um, just stuff that I had no idea about. And I think, you know, those of us that play lacrosse maybe have some conceptions of. And, you know, most people who play lacrosse know that it is originally a Native American sport. Um, but that's not the way it is on the women's side of things. It, it has, uh, developed in a different way and being native, a native woman and playing lacrosse has a very, has very different, um, you know, kind of ramifications. So I will stop talking and we will get to it. And if you have questions after this episode, let me know. Um, Trenna mentions, a few things like different names for um, the the different kind of native words. Um, I can't repeat them because I, I don't know how to say them and, and I'm going to try to learn how. But 
it, it's um, I just really encourage you to to listen and learn something and share it um, and have and ask questions if you have them because I think you know we're kind of touching on something that uh, may be a little controversial for some um, but I think is it important to be shared anyways so obviously that's why we're doing it um, so thank you so much and here we go Welcome everyone to a brand new episode of Outside the Eight. Today I have Trenna Hill. Hi. How are you doing? Good. Good. Thanks for being here. <laughs> we also have in the room uh, Cassie Doster. Hi. <laughs> She's um, going to be our sideline reporter. Yeah. We need her. Um, but Trenna, thank you for doing this. Yes. Thank you for having me. Um, <laughs> this is so exciting. It's so exciting. Um, we've just been chilling today. It's been a lazy Sunday here in Manhattan Beach. Heavy Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you've been traveling a lot, so it's like your first weekend home in a while? Yes, very much. What have you been up to? I summer? have been coaching um, heavily on the summer circuit this year, tournaments, camps, all that. And I also recently joined um, a company called Defy Athletics um, that focuses on the biomechanics of shooting. Um, oh, wow. Yep, so we just do shooting clinics um, throughout the country, so it's like a traveling band, kind of. Fun. That's like kind of how I explain it to like parents and things who ask um, where we're going to be next, so we just have a large calendar and... We just go to each city, and whoever signs up for the camp, we just work with those kids for usually two days. Oh, nice. So how old are the kids usually? Um, they're, they range from fifth grade is the youngest, and then throughout, like, we've had, like, some college players come, and the good thing about, um, like, our philosophy of coaching is that since um, we're only teaching one skill that you don't need to... Like, there's no competing against anyone in different lines and stuff, so it's, like, a completely selfish pursuit of, mm. like, learning how to shoot and everything, and so there's no, like, there's no um, goggles or mouth guards okay. or anything. It's, like, just you're learning this one skill and, like, you're doing drills that emphasize the methodology that we're trying to put in place. Awesome. Yeah. It's really cool. Is People it like fun? it a lot. Yeah. It's so fun. That's awesome. And mm-hmm. you, are you the only... I'm the lead trainer for the girl side, yeah. Yep. So you guys done with clinics for the summer, or do you have more? Um, For the summer, yeah. So August, we just did our last one in Portland last weekend. Cool. And then the next time we travel isn't until mid-September. So we kind of have, like, a nice down, quote-unquote, downtime of, like, physically traveling and physically doing the work. But it's also the time where we, like, reset our whole year. So there's a lot of work to be done, like following up with emails, following up with people who we haven't been able to get back to, like new inquiries, awesome. new things and stuff. Also repeats, so going back to the same cities that we've been to already yeah. and either reteaching to the same kids or new, kids. Like, new people or if they want to bring a friend or if they recommended us or something. So if word spreads fast, it's kind of nice to be able to go back to the same And you're going place. all over the country? All over, So yes. like not just like places where lacrosse is no big. so like we were in st louis in june and i did i've never heard of like 
you know, St. Louis as, like, a lacrosse-affiliated no. place at all, and, like, there was a lot of people there. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, wow, a lot of people, cool. and in Alabama, Huntsville, Alabama, like, wow, completely thought it'd be unheard of there, but not. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. cool. Yep. Well, that's great. Um, so kind of taking a step back, that's what you're doing, that's what you've been up to this summer, um, but you recently moved back to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. You are originally from upstate New York. Yep. So let's take it back to how you started lacrosse. Okay. And kind of, I know, so you played at Syracuse, but your path was a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's dive into that a little bit. Okay. So, um, I'm from a Native American family, um, from Onondaga Nation. We're actually Mohawks, so we're Mohawk people who live at Onondaga. Okay. And so, um... The birthplace of lacrosse. The birthplace of lacrosse, correct. Um, so I've grown up with lacrosse my whole life. Um, very big family-invested sport, like community-invested sport. Mm -hmm. Um definitely a different uh attachment and relationship to lacrosse because of like the ancestral roots and it has a celestial beginning Mm -hmm. and all of those things so that always um helped me in in different ways I guess throughout my lacrosse career about being able to connect to that can you explain that a little bit more for people who don't know anything sure so um (laughs) and don't even know where lacrosse originated yeah so it's a um, medicine game um Mm -hmm. so back in like the ancestral days um lacrosse was given to us from Sagodiso so he's our creator and he gave it to us um here on earth and the first lacrosse game ever played was between the the land animals and the air animals okay and so um they had lacrosse sticks and they um had to settle a disagreement and um they played lacrosse and that's a that's a really other long story okay but um then it was given to the people to be able to use as a replacement of war um, and then beyond that, though, it was also used for healing processes. Mm-hmm. So if someone in the community was sick or if an elder, um, you know, needed some type of healing or anything, like, lacrosse always brought the community together. And, like, you always play your hardest for that cause and not, you know, against the other team mm-hmm. and all of those things. So, like, there's a lot of different teachings that go deeper than playing, a, like, playing it for, like, the sake of a sport. And being able to connect connect yourself to, like, Mother Earth and your teammates and um, Sagodiso and, like, the people who you're playing for and things. So in the medicine game, only men are able to play. Okay. And those, we play, they play with wooden sticks. And so they have a wooden stick because it's a living thing and it was made from a living thing. So, like, that whole cycle um, of energy being borrowed and that whole kind of thing that's pretty common within every Native mm-hmm. culture. Um, is present there and being able to play lacrosse for all of those reasons and then with something that's from the earth and things and so there we say that whenever there's a lacrosse game being played on earth there's also one being played in the sky world and creator's land so like knowing that you're on the field with your ancestors also playing at the same time like definitely gives you the feels when you're you know tired or something and it's the fourth it's the second half or like something like that so if you just like are able to ground yourself and go to that place um in your mind then it's it helps you 
I mean, it's helped me, definitely. So when you say it's only men can play that game, have so have you been able to ever play Not in a medicine game, okay. no, because I'm not allowed to touch a wooden lacrosse stick. And so um, that's probably the only rule I haven't broken <laughs> in my within my culture. Like play um, with one. Or, yeah, or, like, touch one or, like, pick one up or... Really? Anything. Yeah, I'm, like, not allowed to touch a wooden lacrosse because I'm a female. Mm-hmm. Why is so, that? Um, they, because, like, traditional Native culture is very... Well, it is that. It's very traditional and, yeah. therefore, very genderized. Mm-hmm. And so um, the gender roles are, like, very strict and kind of harsh. And so... Um, uh, like we are givers of life and so like our medicine the medicine that we carry as females is like too powerful um and it overpowers or like conflicts somehow with the medicine that is on the wooden lacrosse stick and so I mean t- my interpretation of that is like it like quote unquote like ruins it somehow and stuff interesting and so I haven't always agreed with that kind of narrative that's attached to that always um but the women's side of, like, the women's role, right? So everything's balanced. So, like, yeah. the women, the men are playing and the men make the sticks and everything. But the women's side makes the ball, which is a leather ball. Okay. It's not like a rubber lacrosse ball like we have now. But it's um, made of, like, deer hide and leather and things. And it's wound really tight. And so we sew those together and, like, prepare all of those Is it hard things. and heavy, like, yeah. rubber ball? Yeah, it hurts. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah, and so then, then you have a ceremony before, and then um, you honor everything and do the Thanksgiving address, and then you play, and um, only wooden six are allowed to be played for. And um, yeah, the medicine game field was actually in my backyard of my Sidaha's house. So really, whenever there was a big medicine game, everyone would come to like our house. And how often do those happen? Mm, not very often. There's sometimes um, like. If, so, if something is happening, like, if something is, if someone needs healing in the community, um, then we so have... So there's, a, like, some sort of purpose. There's some sort of purpose, usually. Okay. But then sometimes, um, like, depending on different ceremonies and things, I think, there can be medicine games for that, too. Um, wow. You can have a lot of different purposes, yeah. So then... It's, like, as life-sustaining. A, yeah. So then as a woman, how, how did you get to be playing lacrosse? So, I don't n- know, like... I, like, got lucky that I was, that I had men in my family who encouraged me to play and who wanted me to play, and um, when I was a little kid and my dad was coaching my brother's teams, um, I was, like, the ball girl or, like, the water girl or, like, the jersey girl and, like, you know, just on the sideline type of thing, Um, like the little girl in Remember the Titans, like that girl. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) And then um, it just grew, and then I would, I just started I picked up a boy stick not wooden of course but um a boy stick and I would just play after in the box um I grew up playing and watching box across so um mostly in the box and in different arenas and we were always on the road and um kind of just like a big like lax family thing and we were always in Canada and up north and everywhere for them and so um I just kind of started out like passing and catching against the wall like in the arenas and things when everything was when all the people were clearing out. So there weren't a lot of other girls playing? No, there was no other girls. There was no other. I was the only one. Wow. I was the only one. And so um, then my mom mom is non-native. Okay. And so she lives off the res. 
and so we lived we lived with her and our uh-huh. family lived off the res and then um when I was in third grade I found a girls team to play for which was just in our like in our rec town like our local rec town and then um I played there I played with them wow and yeah and, grade. Okay, so then you were playing with non-native. I was playing with non-native girls, girls um, and then with the girls' sticks and girls, everything like okay. on a girls' team, and that was really the first time I was exposed to having like other girl teammates and to playing with a different stick, and um, it was fun. I I really liked it. I really was happy to have um, other female teammates because that was really like shunned isn't the word I want to use but that's kind of the only one I'm thinking of right now that accurately describes like my experience of being a female in my family and like growing up playing lacrosse so it was it was really hard and my papa supported me and my papa is like in every like hall of fame ever and he's really well known in lacrosse community and what's his name Oliver Hill okay and people really know him a lot and think highly of him and everything and so when he was um when he said, you know, I could play lacrosse, like, that was, like, a really big deal, but also a very controversial one. Yeah. And so, for him, you know, like, a leading person in the, like, lacrosse industry and, um, like, in our Native communities and things, for him to, like, grant his granddaughter, um, you know, permission right. to play lacrosse, um, people had some strong opinions about that. And so, it was interesting being from Onondaga, where um, things are typically most traditional and like the ways of our ancestors are most upheld on a dog other they're like the strongest most traditional ways of like there's no casinos there's no gambling there's no women playing lacrosse there's no it's like very okay very strict and like limited and smothering kind of if to grow up in that culture with like such harsh binaries and such like polarized opinions about things wow and so um yeah, my community did not, did not support me, like, was not happy that I was playing lacrosse and I couldn't play lacrosse in my own yard at my grandmother's house where okay. I, like, you know, half grew up. Um, and my uncle Sid is a Taradajo, so he's the chief of all of the Six Nations, not just our nation. He's the chief of, like, all of Iroquois Confederacy. Wow. And so for his niece to be playing lacrosse also had some controversy attached to it and things and then people would drive by our house and see me playing and they would call him and say why is Trina playing lacrosse and like you're not allowed to play lacrosse and all these things and it was a huge ordeal and I was just like I'm just playing our people's sport man like yeah so did you ever feel discouraged did you ever feel um like how did you persevere through that I I wouldn't I felt discouraged in other ways I felt discouraged in terms of like making friends and like my social side of it really sucked and was really hard and I was like lonely a lot of the time because like my community didn't support me I like whereas they were supporting everyone else Mm -hmm. around me for playing lacrosse and I was just like trying to do a good thing and it not being welcomed or accepted was hard um didn't have any other girl friends who were native like always played with boys and then boys sometimes had like those conflicting thoughts too about you know we're all 10 years old so like this is cool that we're all playing together but then you're also hearing things from like their parents about like no Trenna like isn't supposed to be playing lacrosse and like it's this huge thing and you know it's it's an awkward yeah thing to 
explain to other people. <laughs> so then how has how have they put together national teams for the women's side? So um, beyond Onondaga, the rest of the six nations, the five nations left, uh-huh. are in support of women playing lacrosse. Okay. So their lacrosse, um, Iroquois, the Iroquois Nationals as an organization, is owned by... Um, the Seneca Nation okay. and the Seneca Nation and they're more is more pr- progressive and okay. and moving forward ish. So they since they have it and they have ownership, like they are the ones kind of coordinating everything for the women's team and things. Then okay. they are able to um, that's able to happen. So which since I didn't have any girl friends playing and the only people I only friends I was making were non-native people yeah. who I could connect with through lacrosse, but not really a lot of other layers of my identity. Like, I was always at a loss, right? Mm-hmm. Like, somewhere, wherever I went, that was like, well, if I'm with my native friends, then I can't play lacrosse. But if I'm with my non-native friends, then I can play lacrosse. But now I'm like, now yeah. I'm, there's a disconnect, right? So um, that was, I say that was the most challenging part. And, like, being bullied in school um, when I went to Lafayette High School for um, for high school. So I went to, to school in my mom's district um, off the res from kindergarten until ninth grade. Okay. And so I was you know, the only Native person, right? Only Native representation. Very large. But like, how far apart 20, are these places? 20 minutes. Okay. 25 minutes or so, yeah. So, large, wealthy school district. Only, like, Native person. Um, not a ton of people of color, but some. Yeah. But, you know, some. And um, definitely not on the lacrosse field, though. Lacrosse wow. field is definitely a really whitewashed place. Like, and, like, it yeah. is in most places, right? It's a whitewashed yeah. sport. And so... Um, when I would return to high school to play for when I lived with my dad back on the reservation during my high school years, that was a really hard time. And plus high school is an angsty time anyway, right? Like there's a lot going on (laughs) when you're in high school. And so being bullied for playing lacrosse, like there was, I was, there was a lot of conflict, like returning to the res and I was excited to be around other native people. And I was excited to go to Lafayette where my friends and my cousins were. And, um, and at this point, you loved the sport. I was already You're playing. Good yeah, I'd been playing. Yeah. Yes, like had experienced success and was like really on the recruiting track, like yeah. Division One recruiting track. Like was doing really well, succeeding and everything, and getting a lot of like positive attention. Yeah. for once, <laughs> because of playing. <laughs> yeah, and then um, it was conflicting to kind of have that success and then be put back into an environment where that wasn't celebrated. Wow, and even but you have to keep going. I mean, you have to keep succeeding and like you know keep stay the path but definitely it was an interesting experience being bullied by adults um and being bullied by my classmates uh native girls other you know native girls Mm -hmm. in high school I mean girls in high school already are not uh the best species on earth but um (laughs) it can be a rough time (laughs) yes and so like being bullied in school was a really big deal and um all the while still, yeah. you know, being in the paper every day for, you know, scoring 10 goals. So and then, then who did you play for when you went to that high school? So we were too small. Lafayette was um, has been historically really good for boys. Okay. But for girls, there hasn't been a team because the population at my high school was pretty largely native. It's like almost half and half. So if there's half native girls who aren't going to go out for lacrosse, yeah. then there's not enough to field the team. So... Um, softball was really good. We had a really good softball team mm-hmm. and a really good volleyball team, but lacrosse was like not supported in anything. So um, we team we combined with the inner city school. So okay. I went Corcoran High School. So I attended La- Lafayette, but played lacrosse at Corcoran. 
And so we'd have to drive to practice every day. Wow. From my school, which is not that far, maybe 10, 15 minutes or so. Yeah, but that's so many, like, intersections of, of yeah. like, how you're supposed to feel. Right. Because, right? like, even, so you have this um, issue with playing within the culture you are born into, and then you have this sense of pride because you're succeeding, but then you feel bad about it, but right. then... And then you have to go play for a different high school, so you don't even feel probably that connected to right. the program or whatever. Right. It's a lot of things mm-hmm. to experience yeah. before you're <laughs> 18. Yeah. Um, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Cass, did you grow up near there? I grew up at Lafayette. Okay. Like, in Lafayette, so I went to the same school as her, but five years so you had a strong like native presence around yeah you. but our team like grew right when so when I was a senior after my senior year in 2009 the next year Lafayette they, had a team yeah. okay and then we got better and better and yeah. now and by the time now we graduated they're pre- yeah they're getting they're getting there they're slowly but no native no girls on the team that maybe one or two like randomly like trying to would be one and then my Bean. cousin Bean, yeah, was the only Bean. other girl who played. Yeah. Wow. So it's even still, even five, still. six, seven yeah. years later, even yeah. still. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. And they, like, kind of like make fun of us too, like in school. Still, like it's still very yeah. strong. It's not like taken seriously. Oh, no. so like even okay, like even us. non-native non-girls playing girls across like in just general, general is a joke. Like, is a joke yeah. and like not um, validated at all. No. Wow. But Which then, is really interesting coming from, like, the East Coast yeah. and where it's, like, more heavily revered than, you know, right. historically on the West Coast. That's and definitely really not in New York and definitely where yeah. we live and definitely like with, like, such a thing. huge lacrosse. I mean, the Thompsons are from our high school and, yeah. like, they're, I mean, I'm cousins with them and, yeah. like, for them to have experienced so much success and celebration. Celebratory, yes. like everything, and then but the ugly and then they go other, the ugly other side of that, and exactly. The, the ugly and, yeah. side, other side of that is that not often told is that for, for women, it's the complete opposite, it's very discouraged and very um, frowned upon to yeah. say it nicely, but um, yeah, that is crazy. Yep, I have like chills, <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's from the fans, <laughs> but I think that's a really just interesting case because it's a story you don't hear often mm-hmm. and there aren't enough people like you who can right. like share it yeah um objectively I mean even though I mean it's uh-huh. your experience but you're giving a good taste of kind of uh-huh. everything so um so post or you know senior year post uh, high school what was your next step um I committed to Syracuse the summer before my senior year of high school Mm -hmm. so I knew that I was going and um every and therefore everyone else knew I was going I mean the meet the Syracuse media like Syracuse as our town was good about highlighting athletes for signing their letters and blah 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 and all that stuff so people knew what was happening um and I had a really great senior season in high school I broke a lot of records was like had like one of the best seasons that um Corcoran high school has ever had Mm -hmm. and it was we were really good and it was a good time it was definitely one of the highs um for that season but people still weren't supportive I mean it I mean I definitely grew a a large chip on my shoulder right like 
definitely like made me work harder and was like I you know you just can't really care mm-hmm. about you know you know you're, you just have to tell yourself that you're doing the right thing and that like this is healthy and you know what would I be doing if I wasn't playing lacrosse like I don't know yeah like I, I don't know <laughs> I, I mean the res is not a glamorous place like you could be like very high dropout rate very high poverty mm-hmm. um abuse drug addiction alcoholism teen pregnancy like you know that may have been my life if, yeah. if it weren't for lacrosse and for the medicine game right and like all of those like healing things that it's for and so to be able to connect to that definitely ironically yeah. right is what kind of helped me see yeah. so, so the reason people were mad at me was was the reason I also was able to keep going and things and so I definitely um developed some animosity I think towards my community for not supporting me and for like saying bad things about me and um not validating my experience and not validating the role that they played in contributing to that experience um for making me feel like I was doing something wrong um you know being really successful and like going to world cup as like a 14 year old like yeah all of these things were like really great but I was a female so like I wasn't celebrated or like you know my medals weren't on a showcase and I didn't have a parade and I didn't you know like all of those things that were happening that I could see happening that I attended you know like for the boy side and I was supportive and like my brother was on those teams and so I was there and I was happy and everything and you know I wasn't um I wasn't reacting to that experience with negativity when it was someone else's turn to be celebrated. I was showing up for other people. And um, I think I grew a lot of like bitterness when I wasn't also showed up for in return. Yeah. And so what is interesting about that too is that my family, my other sport was volleyball. Mm-hmm. So um, played volleyball in the winter seasons and played for my own school because that's the only, so I played one sport for my school and one sport okay. for the other school. So it was nice to have a Lafayette jersey on, right? I was yeah. attending Lafayette. I got to stay there for practice, like, be a part of, like, my yeah, own. normal high school. Yeah, normal high school culture, right? People weren't, uh, you know, um, protesting our games and things, so it was nice. So um, my family, like I said, my big Native American family, um, my mom's side, my non-Native side is also pretty big, like, pretty healthy size. And in volleyball season, I had a lot of people in sport. I had a ton of people there for me, like signs. My number was 23, like all these things, so much support, Um, great season. We won at the title, I think two or three years in a row. Like we were real, it was a really nice team to be a part of Mm -hmm. and a really nice program. And then, but for lacrosse, the next season, right after that, like the stands were bare. For, for me, yeah. it was like my parents and my brother and my grandparents, and that was kind of all who attended. But for, for, for to go from that large yeah. of a support system for one sport to completely bare naked the, the next was uh, kind of an interesting thing to, to navigate, I think, as a high yeah. schooler. And for there to be some tension about, you know, people saying snide remarks at the dinner table about, well, girls aren't supposed to play lacrosse. Right. And I'm like... Just trying to eat my pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Just trying to live your life. Trying to live my life. All right. So there you have it. Part one of my episode with Trenna Hill. I really appreciate her candidness and honesty about her experience and the difficulties she faced. Um, She is a tough woman. She is strong and she is not afraid to share her story and I am really grateful for that. 
Um, there are a couple of items, you know, that she touches on as far as growing up being native, growing up playing lacrosse. Um, and this episode kind of really dived into some of the history of the medicine game and, and what it means to be a woman um, in native culture. Some things that I was actually, you know, pretty surprised about and I, I don't think are talked about very often. Uh, and so I really kind of wanted to keep this episode on its own um, or this part of the episode on its own to highlight those areas. The next episode will be going into more of, you know, Trenna's uh, college experience at Syracuse, um, some of her next steps after college and where lacrosse has taken her, where her culture and, and her kind of connection to um, the native culture and to the, the, the important things that she finds as, you know, traditional and important to, to maintain throughout uh, being Native American and, and living life. Uh, and we dive a lot more into that. So um, kind of the identity of it all, which is a hot topic and something that's a little bit different. So this episode was meant to, you know, kind of focus on her experience, the experience growing up being a Native woman, trying to play lacrosse, having the support of elders of her grandfather, Oliver Hill, who is a legend, and her father, and then, you know, getting ridiculed for it and not having the support and just being a young person who um, going through that, I think, is really um, defining and makes you really resilient. And so I, I really applaud her for her, you know, making it through adversity and persevering. Um, so thank you for listening. Um, we will dive into a little bit more of a fact check now, even though there's not much to fact check because I don't have all the areas of where to look for this type of stuff. What's funny about this is that I actually went back to ask Trenna like where to look for some of this stuff so I could figure out how to pronounce some of the things she's saying um, and, and kind of understand a little bit more of the structure of um, the Native culture. And she very promptly told me that, you know, anywhere I look online may not be completely accurate and them being a heavily kind of, of oral tradition and passing down that a lot of the history and tradition is uh, not written down. So that being said, um, I wasn't able to check too much, but I did just want to give a kind of a brief overview of what we mean when we're talking about ear coordinations, um, Onondaga Reservation, her saying she's Mohawk Indian. So basically taking a step back, um, the Iroquois tribe, or also known as the Haudenosaunee, which I'm not saying that completely right, I don't think, but that's the best I can do. Um, it means people of the longhouse, and they are a Native American tribe, um, and they are made up of five nations that include Mohawk, Onondaga, Oneida, Cayuga, and Seneca, and they also include uh, Tuscarora, um, which was added more recently. But um, these nations are um, kind of based in upstate New York. Um, they, you know, really close to Canada. And according to Wikipedia, which may not be accurate, um, there are about uh, at least 80,000 people enrolled in the Six Nations of Iroquois um, in the U.S. It was really surprising to me to hear about Trenna's experience um, being Native and 
playing lacrosse because I didn't know that women were not supposed, Native women were not supposed to play lacrosse. I didn't know um, all of these kind of rules surrounding the medicine game. Um, so that was really interesting and it kind of made me want to do a little bit of a deeper dive into the history of not only lacrosse, but, um, women's lacrosse specifically. Um, but basically what I was, what I found is, you know, as China kind of mentions, these Native American medicine games would go on for days at a time. They were big events in the community. They, um, you know, where hundreds of people were involved, they would span across miles and miles of land. And, um, it wasn't until kind of the 1600s when, um, missionaries that came over from Europe were exposed to the game. And this French Jesuit missionary named Jean de Brebeuf, uh, was the one who, saw lacrosse being played in like the 1600s and he wrote about it and named the game lacrosse so it is a french word um and then it wasn't until kind of the 1800s that more people became interested in you know understanding the game there were more um kind of demonstrations from native americans to white people um about what lacrosse was and what the rules were and then of course very quickly it probably evolved into something very different than what the Native Americans had originally um, had in place. So as the world became more exposed to the sport, uh, more and more countries became interested in it and started playing um, and that eventually is what led um, lacrosse to be a part of the 1908 Summer Olympics. Of course this would be only men playing but they were a part of it. So this obviously begs the question of when did women start playing lacrosse? Uh, so what I was able to find is that the first recorded women's lacrosse game was played in Scotland at St. Leonard's School in St. Andrews, Scotland in 1890. Um, the headmistress at the time, um, the name is Miss Lumsden, watched the game while she was in Canada and um, saw, you know, the Native Americans playing it with um, other clubs and decided that women should also be playing the sport. So she brought it back to her school and um, they created their first lacrosse match. Um, there's really not much else about that particular first match, but they did have eight players um, soon after 1895 to kind of the early 1900s, um, they increased it to 10 players, um, and kind of more and more people and more and more women and their programs got involved in, especially, um, Scotland and England. And then this woman who had played at St. Leonard's, um, her name is Rosabelle Sinclair. She was a very important part of establishing the game for women in the U.S., so other people had tried to get it started in the U.S., but it wasn't until this woman, Rosabelle, um, started a high school girls team in 1926 at Bryn Mawr School in Baltimore. Um, and then that caused lacrosse to become more popular in other schools, and the U.S. formed their organization, the USWLA, in 1931. So I am sourcing... All of this information from the FIL website, the Federation of International Lacrosse, 
as well as um, Wikipedia, because there are always so many facts on Wikipedia. But this is just kind of a bare bones kind of history and structure of the origin of the sport on both the men and women's side, which I think is really important for us to understand as the game grows. Obviously, lacrosse has changed so much over so much time in in terms of equipment and um, field of play and the rules and everything and kind of understanding the origin of the sport and origin of where it came from and how it's evolved over the hundreds of years is important. All right, guys. So with all of that, we are going to wrap it up. Please be sure to tune in to next week's episode where we dive into the second part of my conversation with Trenna. We talk about her experience at Syracuse, kind of the identity and life post-college of a Native American person, and a lot of the psychology that goes into that, um, along with some fun things about lacrosse overall. So stay tuned. Thank you for listening. If you have feedback, let me know. You can email me at cassie at laxallstars.com. And you can send me a note via Instagram or however you should choose. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Bye.